you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. Uh, very excited for this guest today that, um, you know, he focuses, he's in the Columbus, Ohio market, and he, he focuses on single family along with the niche in condos and in the luxury market in general. So, um, so something a little bit different, and, and he's got a ton of value behind it. He actually uh, teaches for fortune builders, you know, speaking at all the events, you know, nationwide. So, uh, a ton of content right here. So Shane, what is up my friend? How you doing? Good. Good afternoon. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Excited to have you on here, brother. So, um, for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind just giving a rundown of who you are, where you're from, uh, and how you kind of got to this point in your real estate investing career? Sure. Yeah, again, thanks for having me. I grew up in Indiana, uh, right out of high school. I went into electrical apprenticeship, became an electrician, worked my way up to field superintendent, um, was running multiple, um, excuse me, I'd run large commercial uh, electrical projects. So we would travel and build like large hospitals and things like that. Um, once I started getting a travel allowance at a per diem, I always liked real estate. I always wanted to kind of be in real estate. So instead of just renting a hotel or apartment, like, like most people travel on the road, we do it. Uh, use my per diem money to get a house, uh, fix it up a little bit. And we do it on the road for probably two to three years. We build large projects. So I just take that time to rehab the house. Uh, and then when we would leave, we, I would sell it. So without knowing anything at all, I'd make a little bit of money here and there and really liked it. So, you know, it just became a rat race too. I was working 80, 90 hours a week at the time uh, for a really good company, but just, it was just draining and I just knew there was something bigger out there. So I uh, just heard an ad on the radio, joined Fortune Builders one day, got a mentorship program and, you know, wanted to do it on a systemized basis. And in 2015, or excuse me, 2013, that's when I joined and started doing it full time. So I did it in a lot, lot larger rehab. Since then, um, I've bought and sold real estate in five different states. I have rental properties in Indiana, building a portfolio here in Columbus. I live in Columbus, Ohio now. Um, so just started out doing single families and then just kind of lucked into the condo realm. Okay. Off Very cool. So how many projects uh, have you been a part of so far? Um, I've, I've done about 30 so far. Um, you know, I took the first six months and just studied and just read and, and did the curriculum. Cause again, I was working 80, 90 hours a week. Mm. Um, you know, wasn't really enjoying life. My boating was my passion. I had a boat at the time and I just was really sitting there going, you know, I make 12 payments of 480 bucks on this boat a year. And I probably use it three times the math and the, the fun. It's just not working out. So, you know, I decided, Hey, it was something, you know, just wasn't living life. Wasn't being able to, to pursue my dream. So got into it and, um, went from there. Okay, very cool. So, as far as um, the the education goes, how important do you think that has a role to to your success? 
I mean, you said you, you really dived in for the first six months to really lay out that, that foundation. Yeah, hands down, education is the number one key no matter what you're doing, whether it's real estate, banking, anything. Education is huge. I say that, it's, but just get education in your field. Um, you know, I think we, a lot of us, you know, I went through the electrical apprenticeship program and it was very specific, but I know a lot of people out there are just going to college, not knowing what they want to do, you know, what they're, but, you know, education is important, but it's very important to do it in a specific realm. So real education is huge. A lot of times too, we look at it as, well, that's so expensive or, you know, mentorship programs, whether it's fortune builders, whether it's whoever, I think you can do it when you're reading books, but it's going to take a lot longer. And I think you're going to spend a lot more on just trial and error than actually succeeding. So, so education to me is number one. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I personally went with the, um, the cheaper route and, you know, not investing fully in myself just because I didn't, I didn't know all the, all the programs and, um, and uh, just activities out there. So I did a lot of YouTube podcasts just like this and then all the books that I could get my hands on. And over time, um, you know, it definitely helped me take action, but I, I definitely could say that, you know, over the years, once I started getting some mentors and getting people that, that really have already been there and, and done it, it, it made life a lot easier because, um, you know, I, they, they ran into those situations. So I can, I can deal with a live person instead of just reading a book. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Whether, yeah. Whether it's fortune builders, whether I say, you know, mentorship and coaching is huge too. Yeah, that, that, getting that push, getting that, you know, and a lot of people will put a lot of time into it, but it comes and goes. Very few will sit there and just grind it out as a passion. But I think education does help you along that way as well. Very true. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so how did you get started and why real estate? Like why real estate for you? Um, I guess just having a construction background, I think kind of helped a little bit. You know, I wasn't afraid to get in there and really be able to analyze the property. I think what, you know, I, I'm not a, to this day, I will say I'm not a huge financial analytics guy. Like when it comes to accounting, you know, you want to make me cry and tell me to go do some accounting. Like, you know, I'm just not the financial guru, yeah. but you know, when you look around, um, when you see people that are successful, you know, I was listening to your podcast with Austin Rutherford and like he said, you know, a lot of people that's got a million dollars and over real estate is tied to their portfolio. And real estate is building the wealthiest millionaires out there. And it's just, you know, everywhere you look, you know, fads come and go, but people's always need a place to live. So That's real right. estate to me was just, you know, around to do that. So I like doing design. I like doing things. I do like to, I don't do any of the construction on my own anymore. I hire all that out, but I am a handy guy. Like I like working on things. And so for me, it was just kind of a win-win. Okay. Awesome. So what did, what did that first deal look like? And how long did it take you to, to actually jump into it and pull the trigger? My very first deal I bought back in like 07. I, I was, um, I was dating a girl at the time, her stepdad owned the mortgage company and he was kind of helping me get into it a little bit. So he helped me get a house through HUD. I ended up, I did do a lot of that construction myself. Um, I still have that house to that to this day and I'll never really? sell it cause it's my very first rehab and it's that's now your, a rental property. As your baby, right? <laughs> yeah. So so you didn't actually lose anything on that deal, um, like at the kind of at the height of the market. No, I got in. I literally got in. I bought that house and I bought a second house two months later because because I got assigned to do a large project in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. So I closed. I think I was making like 
65, 70 grand at the time. And, and what they were still just writing loans to anybody that had a pulse. Right. Yeah. So I bought a house in Indiana and a house in Lexington, Kentucky within two months apart on a $60,000 salary. Like it's just crazy. But, um, so yeah, I got the one in Indiana and I kept it, rented it out. And then my, my first, what I consider true large rehab was the one in Lexington. Um, I bought it through both of them. I bought through HUD. The gentleman um, had passed away. He was the builder. So it was sitting like 80% done. A nice, beautiful house, but it was just sitting there. Um, and luckily for me, I was going to live in it for a while. So it was done enough where I could live in it. Why I stayed there for two years and just worked on it, worked on it. I hired some things out and then sold it two and a half years later. And still made about 30 grand using my own money, which is pretty good at the time when you really, I really didn't even read that many books. I just kind of went on a whim. Yeah, and, uh, running with it. Put money into it and sell high. That was really the three basic principles I knew. And okay. um, it worked out. So that's when I realized, hey, you know, if I made 30 grand not even knowing what I'm doing really without any education, you know, I could definitely do it with more of a systemized base. So I then got transferred to Columbus for another um, large hospital we were building here in Columbus. And that's when I decided to join um, the education program, Fortune Builders, and hit the ground running full time. Okay, that's awesome. Now, I, I really love how you took you took the strategy in the beginning to actually live in the house and work on it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's pretty, that's some gangster stuff. Right <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you got to slum it for a little bit. It was actually a really nice house. I got, I got really lucky. It was down. The finishes were in, it just wasn't painted. The, uh, there was a second floor that just wasn't finished. It was like a small bonus room. Yeah. So I had to finish some trim, some flooring, but they, all the, everything was, the utilities were in all the major stuff was done. So, um, it was just a little bit of a little grace. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, so I invest in, <coughs> I invest in Ohio and, um, every time I go out there to visit, I'm usually staying in one of my re remodeled projects at the time. And, nice. uh, yeah, it's been, it's been some fun times without like having a shower for a couple of days to try to get everything going or just some nasty situations like pulling up all the, all the, uh, carpet with, you know smelling horrible in there with all the pets or whatever it may be in the past is crazy but uh fun times hey that's what you got to do that i mean that's you know some people aren't, aren't afraid to grind and they think it's just you know real estate all this is going to fall in your lap i mean it's a struggle you got to hustle for a little bit yeah you got um, to sacrifice for a while and it pays off yeah no of course yeah I mean, I had the option. I, I could have stayed in other places and paid, you know, a hundred dollars or so. But I figured I was I already bought this house, so uh, you know, I'm going to take advantage of it and start getting a little bit of an ROI on my money. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I think too the the most the people I've seen that's done the best that rise the highest and had the best perseverance is people that struggled for a while and stay humble. Um, that's right. I think it's very important and it keeps you in the game. No, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Uh, very true. So as far as your, um, that first deal, you know, it, it ended up working out pretty swell for you and, um, and you still have it today. What, uh, what did all the numbers look like? Um, that one, that one is, if I was redoing it, knowing what I know now, I would pass on the house. Um, oh, really? it, it wasn't horrible. I think I bought it for 65. Um, as is, it was probably worth 78. So, if I would have rehabbed it completely at the time using my own money, I would have sold it. Probably would have appraised right around 80, 85. Yeah. Um, but now being able to rent it, you know, it's worth, oh, I'd probably be able to sell it for about 110 now. 
and yeah. about a five years ago. So I, I would say it had rental numbers. You know, it had probably a low cap rate, um, but definitely wasn't a home run by by any stretch of the means. So yeah, I bought it for just a little over sixty, and I probably put ten grand into it over over you know year and a half, two years myself. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, so it's not uh, it's not like the home run deals that you're going for now, but uh, you know, just starting off, it, it it made it work. Yeah. So, and you said you got it off of uh, HUD. Um, Where are you talking about HUD online? Yeah. So yeah. So it was a it was a home that Freddie Mac Freddie Mac came in and you know foreclosed on, bought back and put it on HUD. So at the time, I was owner occupant, so I wasn't. I wasn't, I didn't have to wait the 30, 60 days in that investment category. I was able to buy it as an owner occupant. So that kind of gave me a leg up as well. And I did live in it for a year or so. Okay. And, and for that situation, then you need, um, you know, it's all online, but you still need a realtor to actually write up the offer for you. Correct. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And that's hud.com. Um, I've, I've actually, I've been on there and uh, I, I submitted a couple offers in the past, but uh, I never, that was in the very beginning, you know, yeah. when I, probably like four, maybe five years ago when I was first getting uh, interested in real estate investing, but very cool. I love it. Um, cool. So jumping into, you know, after your education, what was your first project after that? Yeah. So after I, I joined Fortune Builders in January of 2013, I got my, we, we got, I had a business partner at the time. Uh, we, we joined mastery together and worked on a few projects together. We, uh, he had a friend that was a realtor and he got on board, you know, building a team is very huge. Uh, so putting a realtor on your team right away is very important. So we had, he had a realtor contact that we went around with and, um, he called us up one day and said, Hey, I actually have this house in contract. It's a little too big for me. It's, it was a HUD as well. So our very first house was a HUD contract as well. So he was like, Hey, I'm going to let it fall out of contract. So it's going to go back on the market at 8 PM tonight. Let's write an offer in real quick. Uh, so we did that. And then the next day they accepted it. So our very first house we bought for 75,000 and the holding costs and rehab costs came to exactly 25,000. So we ended up needing to borrow all in hundred grand. Okay. And it took us about three months to rehab that one, three, almost four. We had it back on the market. Um, in about four months and ended up selling it for 163. Very cool. Okay. So, you know, between two people, you made about, you know, 30, 30 something thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I think we netted about 54. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. It was pretty good on our first one. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. So I'm sure that builds some momentum and, and uh, starts moving you forward. Um, as far as getting these deals, how are you going about getting your leads? So the first one, the first one, and what I recommend for people just starting out too, is just realtors. Get realtors on your on your team. Eighty uh, percent of all my leads now come from realtors. Realtors wow. is good. That's how we got the first one. Uh, the second one, I did a direct mail campaign. I believe through yellowletters.com. We did a direct mail campaign. Got my second pro. We got our second property shortly after that, and. I think that that same direct mail campaign got us another another property. And then the next four or five after that was literally just realtors, realtors being on our team and bringing them to us. And that's, that's been the most effective for me. Cool. So for you, how do you find that ideal realtor? At the end of the day, I'm sure you could, you know, you could train anybody to let them know exactly your criteria of what you need. Um, but 
for me personally, I think that there is a big difference between like a, a realtor and then somebody that is educated in, in the aspect of a, an investor mindset for a, a realtor at the same time. So are you, are you picking realtors that are investors as well? Like they have, um, they're investor savvy, they, they have properties of themselves or, uh, you know, they're used to working with investors like you. Yeah, so it, you know, when I do all my education seminars, you know, through Tandem Fortune Builders, you know, that one thing I tell everybody, it, everything to me really boils down to the 80-20 rule. I mean, 20% of the people out there are doing 80% of the work, and you're going to have to go through eight people before you find one or two that's good, that's really willing to work with that. I, I do not recommend going out and finding the number one top realtor in your area, because they're just wanting a bunch of turnkey, high-end, uh, you know, just quick on the go houses. You definitely got to find those, those realtors that understand it's going to be a little bit more work as far as finding the properties, getting them in there, but they're also getting double commissions a lot of times. So anybody that finds us a deal, I let them get the, you know, the, the buy side and the rehab side, as long as they're performing. Yeah. And, that, and that's the biggest key. So yeah, you're going to have to go through quite a few realtors. Another thing I recommend is just, you know, pick one area, just pick a small little, a little city or a little town or a little suburb inside of the big city and just figure find who's your two best realtors in there and a lot of times too it's realtors that are living in that area because they want to make sure that it's up and coming that you're doing good work and that's really helped me out i have a really good realtor in an area called old town east she lives in that area she understands it we get along well she brings me a ton of leads um, i also found another good realtor that was uh he was two years in when we met and he goes to a lot of RIA meetings. So going and networking with other real estate investors, you know, those types of realtors will be there and that's a good way to find them. I love it. Yeah, very, very true. That's great. So as far as uh, the market in general, I know you really focus on a, more of a luxury type of market. Um, why, why that type of market and where is that exactly? So two areas that I, um, prominently on the investing is, is an area called Old Town East. It's up and coming. And the houses there are selling anywhere from 250 to 500. Another area is, it's got one of the best school districts. It's um, just a couple miles from the great Ohio State Buckeyes there. Kind of throw in a little Buckeye love. Yeah. And uh, high taxes. But, um, you know, the, the, I've done a new build there. And you just had Austin on earlier. He and I JV'd on a larger deal. Um, I like doing larger rehabs. I think a lot of people get, get a little intimidated by the extra zeros on the end. But to me, a rehab that's 200,000, 300,000, 500,000, you know, you got you got a little bit more design into it. You got a little better drawings. Your phone's not ringing all the time. And that, that what tends to work for me. So I like being in those higher end areas because those jobs that are larger tend to run themselves a lot better because your drawings, your scope of works, everything on the front end is a little bit more detailed. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so, so your concept behind it is there's so much more money involved in it that there's very, everybody's kind of really double checking all their work and making sure all the, uh, the I's are dotted and T's are crossed pretty much, making sure everything is legitimate before moving forward. Yeah, and the good thing about that too is my passion now is, is speaking, educating other people, uh, getting them motivated to go out and most of my profits on those are averaging between a hundred to 220,000. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it would take me, you know, four or $30,000 rehabs to get that ROI to whereas I could just do one. So therefore I only need to do, you know, anywhere from 
depending on how large they are, two to 10 of those a year versus 30, 40, 50 flips. Um, wow. So that's, so that's another reason I like doing those as well. Yeah. I mean, that's great right there. You know, the information basically, you know, kind of narrowing it down instead of doing the, the big broad like bucket of all these deals of doing 50 deals, you're really focusing on just a handful of deals, but they're all home runs, you know, very big payout. And at the end of the day, you can focus a lot more of your time and energy within each one of these deals to make sure that they, you know, are, are fully, um, you know, home runs. Yeah. Another thing that helps too, you know, I still have rehabs going on that are 30, $40,000 rehabs on a smaller, you know, 2000 square foot house. But the thing with those are my, my contractor that's doing those 30, $40,000 rehabs. He can't do the larger new builds. He can't do the larger condos. And at the same time, my contractors that's doing my, you know, condo projects that are $450,000 rehabs, they can't even come close to doing the 30, $40,000 rehabs. Their, their profits are too high. So you get a different level of contractor as well. You know, I got a large four unit going on right now and our rehab alone is right at 500K. It's a four unit, 7,000 square foot building. And my, when I'm traveling, my phone maybe rings once a week. You know, hey, we got a question on this. Hey, we got a question on that. So your quality of contractor, you know, is a lot more. I don't want to say the word better because they're both really good, but more experienced, more systemized, and they kind of run themselves if you get a good one. Yeah, yeah. So how do you get a good one? Because that's like the infamous uh, issue within real estate. And I've had my fair share of issues with contractors. But, um, but overall, like, how are you picking them? And, and how does that work with you? I mean, at the end of the day, your marketing is going to be the same. You know, posting on Craigslist, Zillow, things like that. Going to, going to local RIA meetings is very well. One of the best ways that I tell people to find houses, find contractors, find your realtors, is just drive the neighborhoods. So I can walk up if I see a rehab going on. Don't be afraid to walk up to a rehab and go talk to the contractor because I can see the quality of work. And if they're there working, they're working. And then I just get some information from them. So that, that's a good way as well. RIA meetings and referrals is a good way to find contractors. But just, you know, the, the key too is the marketing is pretty much the same. Where we tend to fail, it's the same way with renters. It's the same way when you buy your house. You make your money when you screen at the beginning. So screening your contractors is most important. A lot of people know to call referrals, but they don't. Or they know to go look at their previous jobs, but they don't. You know, a lot of times they'll say, hey, can you give me a list of three referrals? Well, they're going to give you a list of their three best friends or their three buddies or whoever. You know, I ask them, hey, what properties have you done in the last four years? Give me the addresses of the ones you've done in the last three or four years. And then that, those are the referrals I want to be calling and yeah. going and checking on because that's their most current work and it holds them accountable. No, that's great. Um, I feel like it, it's so right. Not enough people are actually following up, uh, making sure that the, 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 the work that they already did um, is actually legitimate and they just take their word for it. And also, that's a great tip, actually going to the projects that you see driving around. Me personally, I, I haven't because I don't live in the area. I live long distance. So uh, every time I'm in town, I'm always building relationships. And uh, I always take referrals at this point now. So I never, I'm never looking up any numbers. I, I always reach out to certain people and I ask them people that I know, like, and trust um, yeah. that are in the, in the game over there. I always ask them for their, you know, their best guys that they would use. And, and that's been beneficial for me, but that's some great tips. 
Yeah, another good nugget I tell people, which it's a little, it's a little more work on the front end, not a whole lot, but you know, most most cities these days have online, you know, code department stuff. So you can actually go online; it's public records of who's pulling permits. Yeah. So I can get a list of contractors that's pulling permits for that month or the previous month, and your contractors that are usually, usually not always, but your contractors that are doing a good job are the ones that are going and pulling permits and you know detailing it and documenting everything they're doing. So that's a good way too to get lists of contractors. Just go down to the codes department, see who's been pulling permits that month. Oh yeah. That's that great. Yeah, that's a great tip. Are, are you dealing with a lot of architects uh, as well? Yeah. So um, I have one architect that I've used. I'm getting ready to venture out because uh, I want to have more contacts, but definitely when you do the larger projects, architects are huge. Uh, another good nugget that I just recently learned a couple years ago, I was spending you know, anywhere from two to $7,000 per, per unit on drawings and architect fees and everything. Yeah. Another good nugget that I'm doing now is I'm actually going out and finding a draftsman to draft the property, do, do all the mechanicals and everything, and then I'll take those to an architect and have them look them over and stamp them to where you know I might have fifteen hundred dollars in a draftsman and, and maybe a thousand dollars for my architect to to stamp them versus seven thousand dollars having my architect do everything yeah plus it, it just saves so much more time um and knocks it all out at once so that's good so, yeah depending on the size of your project you can do that you know once you start getting into six seven ten unit condos that's a little bit more detailed but as long as it's four families below you could do that method all day long yeah so how do you find uh the best the best people for that uh job exactly like the architect and, and the craftsman architects for me has just been word of mouth, you know, asking around, uh, networking is huge. I, I can't specify enough how much networking is important. Um, so true. but you know, just posting on our local investors page, going to the RIA meetings. Um, those are good places to find architects is referrals. Very cool. Awesome. So, um, so, I mean, in general, why, why did you actually pick that, that higher end market, you know, just so you can kind of leverage it down to, to just, you know, simply doing not as many deals. It, it you know, it's kind of funny. I, I just think when things are meant to be, they fall in your lap. I can't say that I had an organized method to it. Yeah. The very first condo project I did, uh, we put it in contract 12 months after we had joined Fortune Builders. So we had four other projects in contract. One of them, the first one was almost done. The other three were ongoing. And the realtor the, that we had found that was in the area we were investing in, um, she brought us a pocket listing and she was like, hey, you know, the, the area is booming, as you know. Nobody's really sold condo. She's like, I could sell them in no time. Um, and we kind of took a gamble and she's like, it's a very cool building. And I knew nothing about condo conversions. Like I hadn't even read a book on it. I hadn't watched a seminar. You know, I just went back to all the single family documents that I had. It was a four unit condo and I just analyzed it as one exterior shell, four interior units. And the numbers on it were really, really good. I knew I'd make some mistakes. I knew I could get some lumps on the chin, but I had enough profit built into the front end to where it can absorb it. And there was, I don't recommend doing this unless you're a little more experienced, but there was no good comps on the time for condos in that specific area. There were some in other neighborhoods that were close, but uh, we just kind of sat down and ran the numbers and looked at what was going on with the market. And it made sense. That was the first thing that we did. And then I've just uh, been trying to acquire a few more ever since. Okay. Yeah. 
I love it. You know, with the luxury markets too, I feel like a lot of people are intimidated by that higher price point and, and just the, I guess, risk behind it. But at the end of the day, it's really, you know, the same thing. Uh, it's very similar to, you know, a cheaper remodel to, um, or a lower class, I guess, in comparison to a luxury. So uh, it's like tomato, tomato type of thing. So at the end of the day, you know, it's probably a little bit less traveled, which gives you also a little bit more opportunity. Yeah, in our condos too, they're, they're luxury condos here in Columbus. They're selling for three to 350K, which for a two-bedroom, three-bedroom condo, you know, to me, that's, that's a good chunk of change. And it's, it's a good number though to where it's not too expensive, but it's not so cheap to where, you know, you're, you're not getting a good quality product. And, you know, you and I were chatting a little bit before this. What I've found too is, you know, society these days, the millennials, they're wanting quick, easy access. They want to be able to walk the things, low maintenance, you know, they just want to know, does it work? Does it look good? Yeah. Okay. I'll buy it. And there's another market that a lot of people are missing where empty nesters are now starting to look downsize and look for convenience. You know, the kids are out of the house. It's now time for them to kind of relax and have fun. So that's been a big market of ours too. Um, buying these smaller high-end condos close to downtown areas where they could, you know, have the amenities too. Yeah. So uh, is there a, like a best market that, that you think um, for the high-end deals to jump into for buyers? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously any market that's got a high school district, that's good for like our larger single family houses. I really like, you know, one of the benefits I get is I get to travel the nation at least two to three weekends a month. So what I see happening over every market, whether you know, no matter East Coast, West Coast, North, South, you know, even your 100,000 population up to your you know one two million populations people are coming downtown people are now you know they feel safer coming downtown there's more events coming downtown um you know the country's really coming together despite what you see on the news everybody's you know you know jiving um but people want to walk and live in little boroughs you know like in one thing i like about columbus is we have a bunch of little what i call boroughs or neighborhoods to where you know you're a mile from downtown or a half a mile from downtown but yet you still have, you know, a little decent school system over there or school systems really don't even come into play when the closer you get into town. Cause a lot of people are buying these condos cause they're not looking for a school system yet. Right. They're either, yeah. their kids are out of school or they don't have kids yet. So that's a big market, but really where I like is the up and coming areas that used to be pretty run down back in the day, but they're starting to, to come alive and, you know, even if there's one or two pubs in the area or a little market or something, you know, people are, are wanting to be around that. And it's really, it's really a good area. That's what I look for. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Very nice. So, um, so what kind of struggles have you had along the way and, and what would you recommend to, to help avoid for any, any of the listeners out there trying to get started? Oh, struggles. This is only an hour episode, isn't it? I could go for two or yeah. three hours on the struggles. No, <laughs> You know, luckily joining a mentorship program has helped me. It's taken a lot of the lifting off of it. Again, one thing I would say to help you not struggle is get a mentor, you know, surround yourself with as many people as you can. Uh, I'd say the biggest struggle, what I think a lot of people have, and we don't admit it, is myself. My biggest struggle has probably been myself. Um, I've never really worried about losing money or I've never really worried about failing. I've just, you know, kind of, I don't want to say coasted, but I probably, I need to have been a little bit better of prioritizing my, yeah. my day. Like uh, even systemizing what you do every day, um, I probably could have got a little bit better at. Um, 
you know, that, that, that would probably be the, the biggest thing I think, but I think once the light bulb goes off, the, the switch flips for most people, it, it's, you, then you just hit the ground running. Um, I think too, is just, um, I've moved a couple of times here and there. So once I get thing, a good ground base going, I would shuffle it a little bit. I need to, you know, I'm working on staying more consistent now. Um, I moved away from Columbus last year, but I'm back. And, um, so that's been the biggest thing. Another thing too, is I I've done a lot by myself. I have some VAs. I have a lot of realtors bringing me in deals, but what I'm really working on into this year, first of the year is just putting a team in place, like full-time having an office assistant, getting an acquisitions manager. Um, it's just getting to the point too, where I don't want to be doing it all anymore. And it's, uh, that's probably been another struggle. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. I feel like, uh, setting up your day, to be productive and really prioritizing to, to make sure there's so many distractions in the world. It's crazy, uh, especially now, but, you know, uh, writing out your goals the night before and, and really time blocking certain situations to stay on point and not getting distracted with all the little things, you know, it really, really helps stay focused. Yeah. I found this really good. Uh, it's actually like a yearly log book, a day book. It's called the high achievers annual playbook. I highly recommend it. I still keep everything on my computer but I like to have a book where I can like plan a month ahead, look at everything, but it's yeah. very cool. It's got goals. It's got, um, quotes. It's got, you know, you can checklist the books you want to read. And then at the end of each month, it'll say, what did you accomplish? What's your goals for next month? So it gives you a, a weekly and a monthly reflection. It's really helped me in the last few months. So I really enjoyed it. It's worked really well to help me get back on track and systemize. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, bro. You got to get the book too. action driven. There's a, yeah, I was looking at that earlier. <laughs> uh, is that on audio i'm about to make it on audio i'll i'll, I'll do it for audio for you <laughs> i'll buy i'll buy one i'll get i'll get one yeah so uh yeah just you know on in the book there's a lot of storytelling in there my personal stories of you know things that i've been through so people can get to know like and trust me a little bit more but at the same time i've always been known as somebody that always takes action and you know uh very similar to yourself um but uh, there, you know, I basically listed out everything that I do on a daily basis to to help implement and build that momentum. Yeah, um, yeah. So some good stuff in there. But uh, <laughs> so, what would you recommend to somebody, you know, brand new getting started? Um, that you know, they just they don't know where to start. I'd say that the top three things. Number one is is network. Get out and network. Just network. Get to know as many people as you can. Uh, that's number one. Number two is get some sort of education, uh, yep. whether it's books, whether it's YouTube, um, whatever it is. But for every book you read or every webinar you watch, create an action plan, kind of like the book behind you, like you're talking about, you know, is create an action plan for everyone you do. Because, you know, I say this to a lot of my students. I say, okay, you have a student that comes through and maybe you got 10 videos to watch. So you got one student that'll go watch 10 videos, but, and that's all they do. Or you got student B over here that'll watch one video and take action, which is going to be more successful. And it's going to be the one that's watched one video and taking action because it really does us no good to just oversaturate our brains with all this content and do nothing with it. Um, so that, that'd be the biggest thing is just set an action plan. And the other biggest thing too is stop listening to that little voice in your head stop worrying about what other people are saying what other people are thinking again it's the 80 20 rule you know 
10% of people out there are entrepreneurs. So 90% of the people in my mind are going to be naysayers, they're going to be negative, they're going to criticize what you do, but yet we'll focus on those nine, right? I want to surround myself with a 10% that's doing good, that's going out there, hustling, and you know, don't listen to that little voice. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake. You're going to learn from it. I'd much rather see a student or somebody new going out and making a couple of mistakes than sitting behind their book or behind their computer doing nothing. So go out there and take action. Another thing too is don't be afraid for somebody to tell you no. Yeah. Like no, no is not a bad word, right? No, every no you get, you're closer to a yes. You're closer to something. And if you're out there getting no's, you're, you're taking action. That's, that's one thing I, you know, try to tell a lot of people. I'd much rather be going out and getting no's than sitting around waiting to be perfect, waiting to go out and take action. So if you're getting no's, you're taking action. So don't be afraid to get told no. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it just you build up the persistence and no just mean not right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and basically, you know, there, you are one step closer playing the number game to, to getting that yes. So yeah, I, I get excited about it. I get excited, like, I guess the competitiveness in, inside me. But uh, yeah. Exactly. Cool. So um, how can, you know, just wrapping everything up, you know, what, what, is, what does your future kind of look like? Um, so I, you know, I definitely like speaking. I'm going to continue with that. Um, I'm looking to doing a lot more larger deals. We're definitely getting into the condo market, getting into to the new builds. I really like doing a lot, of, a lot of new builds. Uh, those tend to run pretty smoothly as well. But a lot of thing too, you know, is is again going to be doing a lot more public speaking over the next couple of years, a lot more education. Um, things of that nature. That's what really kind of drives my passion. I love real estate. I love rehabbing, flipping houses and everything, but definitely uh, educating people because a lot of us are kind of just taught to follow the system. So being out there, you know, teaching people, Hey, you don't have to have a college degree to entrepreneur. You don't even have to have an high school, high school degree to be an entrepreneur. Um, I think in five years I've had somebody ask for my credit score twice. Right. So there's really no excuses, no matter what your education level is, you can become an entrepreneur. So that's my biggest goal is just getting out there, educating and training and getting that set up to maybe possibly do it more on my own in the future. Okay. Very cool. Um, cool. So how can people reach out to you? Uh, right now, uh, you can just get a hold of me on my Facebook page. It's uh, just under Shane Hunt. And then my Instagram's M Shane Hunt. And uh, that's, that's two main things that follow me right now. No training programs or anything in the future, but uh, like I said, get you a mentor, get somebody, get education. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I mean, it means the world to me that you took time out of your your busy day to be able to give back to all the listeners and and myself. Um, Is there anything that we can do to serve and and add value in your life? Uh, At the moment, I just, you know, tell people if you're new, you're getting started, just go try, go hustle, go, you know, go out there and make the mistakes, you know. That's right. I like to see, I like to help as many people as I can. And I think that's a good thing about the real estate um, association, whether they're part of our fortune builders community, whether they're part of RIA groups or whatever. I mean, whenever I travel the nation, it's a good, strong group, no matter where you're at. And people will help newbies. People will help people succeed. So just find those people and network with them. Yeah. So true. Very cool. Cool. Well, um, you guys can always reach me at Brandon Elliott uh, or Brandon Elliott investments anywhere on social media. So um, if you guys found value in this, please do me a favor, share this out to everyone uh, and, you know, let them get the experience and and, uh, the opportunity to, to dig into this content so they can actually implement and take action on it. You know, that's why we're doing this. We, we definitely 
uh, you know, for what it's, what real estate investing has done for uh, my life and Shane's life has been ama amazing thus far. So, um, so we definitely want to spread the word and get more people interested in real estate investing. If you guys could do me a favor, I want to give you this book for free. I'm going to give it to you for free. You just got to do me a favor, get on iTunes and subscribe and leave a review. The review will help um, just get it out to more people to, to let them know about the podcast. So if you leave a review and subscribe, send me a screenshot, uh, send it to me on social media, and I will send you this book for free. It's a win-win situation. So till next time, guys, thank you all so much for listening and, and being a part of this. Shane, you're the man, brother. I, I truly do appreciate you. Thank you. All right, cool. Till next time, guys. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.